And we are super psyched to welcome our newest sponsor, Thunder Road Guitars. Thunder Road Guitars is the Pacific Northwest best source for premium, new, used, and vintage guitars, amplifiers, and pedals. Online or in their Seattle, that's West Seattle, or Portland stores. You'll find fantastic customer service and a terrific vibe. I know because I'm in there a lot. Grab a cup of coffee, swing on in, don't spill your coffee, and check it all out. And now if you use code TOURSTORIES10, you can get 10% off at thunderroadguitars.com. Yes, that's me playing guitar. Hello, big news from our friends over at DistroKid. They now have an app. This app works on iOS and Android, of course, and it's available in the Apple Store and Google Play Stores and all the stores where you buy apps. Go check it out. It's got a lot of cool features. You can upload new releases. You can get notified when you've earned royalties. Awesome. You can withdraw from the app via push notifications. A little dangerous for me, but rad. Anyways, go check it out. It's all at distrokid.com app. And don't forget, you can still get 30% off your DistroKid account by going to distrokid.com VIP slash tour stories. Have a great one. We continue to celebrate our friends and partners over at Isotope, and we got some big news for you. The gold standard of audio repair, RX11, is coming in May. In the meantime, you can buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. Tour Story listeners get 10% off by using code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. All at isotope.com. That's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hello, Tour Story listeners. Thank you for your continued support, and welcome to Season 4. I'd like to take a second to thank our friends and sponsors over at Isotope. Here at Ruinous, Chris and I rely heavily on easy-to-use tools like RX and Ozone for all of our audio repair, mixing, and mastering. Now, Tour Story listeners can get 10% off Isotope plugins or try Music Production Suite Pro for free for 30 days using code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. To get your discount and check out all of their easy-to-use products, go to isotope.com slash ruinous. That's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com slash ruinous. And use code FRET10. And thank you for listening. Hey, John Mark. Hey. How's it going? It's not too bad. How about you? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I'm getting over a cold, but I'm fine. Um, where are you? I am in Abilene, Texas. Where is that? It's uh, it's officially considered West Texas, but we're right pretty much in the middle of the state. So we are we are the, the gateway to West Texas, if you will. Is that in between Austin and El Paso-ish? Uh, it's further north. Okay. Um, it's northwest from Austin. Okay. Uh, it's sort of like in between the two points. Okay. And it's El Paso is like six hours from here, so it's it's still pretty far from Adeline. I just made the big drive from Austin to El Paso. Oh wow! Quick, quick seven hour drive. Is it uh rural? It's it's pretty rural. I mean, Abilene's got uh, like a hundred and 
25,000 people or something now. And we have a few universities in Air Force Base, so it's not like the sticks mm. or anything. Right. But it, uh, it feels pretty rural, though. Like, every, you know, the land around Abilene is pretty flat and, and dead. Yeah. So there's not a whole lot going on around here. Did you grow up there? I grew up here. I, uh, I left as soon as I could. I moved to Austin when I was younger. And then I ended up going to Manchester, England to st study sound production and then ended up coming back again. What do you think of Manchester? Um, I liked it a lot. It's sort of a second home. Um, it, I mean, it was, it was a little rough at times. I, I, I went to England not knowing anybody and, and found my place there, which is, I lived in a really uh, unappealing house for a mm -hmm. long time, so sort of a hovel. Um, but it was good. I, I made friends eventually. I, I learned what I wanted to learn from mm -hmm. sound production. I ended up staying a really long time because I, I was, I kind of felt like I would just was getting started once the course was over that I was, I was doing over there. So I, um, I stayed in, in Manchester and started my first band there. It was called the Earlies. That was like around 2000, uh, late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. And then did that for a few years and then started my next project over there called the late chord that was on the four AD. Uh, and I did that and then decided I had enough of, of kind of gallivanting around and came back to Abilene to, to settle in for a while and make a home here. Do you go back to the UK ever? I'm actually going back in a couple of weeks. I, yeah. I haven't been over there in a few years. Uh, I was there last a few years. I'm in another band called Mean, M-I-E-N. Mm -hmm. And we did a tour a few years ago. So I was over there for that Um but I haven't been over just to kind of visit people and have a vacation, which is what I'm what I'm doing at the end of this month, which I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I I really miss the UK, and um, I just get it's the romance will never go away. When I'm yeah. landing at Heathrow, it doesn't matter if I haven't slept for like twelve hours. I'm just like, oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, I feel the same way. It's such a vibe. Um, so is that primarily what you do? It sounds like you record and tour and play in bands. Uh, actually, no, um, I do video production, which is sort of my oh. main bread and butter these days. Uh, I have a job doing video production here in Abilene, but I also make, uh, animated music videos for bands as well. Awesome. Yeah. So I spent a lot, a lot of time doing that. Well, one thing I know you did is made this sprawling, beautiful, dark record that came out today. Congratulations. Thanks. Um, it's called Voids under your moniker old fire and um again I, as i said at the top i've been a little sick and i have been able to use this record as a blanket and it's been a quite the trip i love it mm -hmm. it's really oh, thanks it's, and maybe it, it uh speeded up my healing also um <laughs> but it's it's such a spacious record it uh <clears throat> you've got a few different vocalists um there's a lot of instrumental sections but it's just such a, a wide cinematic journey um where were you when you started on this record where were you spiritually where were you physically mm. physically i was i was here in abilene it was about uh it was 2016 i think ish there was no official start 
of the album. It's, I I don't really work that way. I'm like <clears throat> sitting down, like okay, now I'm going to start these sessions for the next next album. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of random. I was working on a a remix project that kind of got out of control. Like I recorded just as I do a lot of my previous old fire stuff. I was recording a lot of material from a lot of musicians for it. And I just got so much material that it was spilling over. And I started taking bits and pieces out of that material and creating new compositions with those sounds. And then that, that remix I was working on never actually saw the light of day. Um, the whole, the whole thing sort of, um, for whatever reason, label issues or whatever, um, it, never happened. So I just took all the material that I recorded because uh, I had a lot of improvised material um, that the musicians did over this composition I've been working on. So I just took a lot of loops and noises and and started building up songs. The first track that came out of that was what's on the album called Uninvited, which is like the the first of the instrumental passages that are on the, the towards the end of the album. And uh, I had a lot of like steel guitar and woodwinds and um xylophone and i just started kind of uh restructuring those elements and um and then that's i had so much material i started spinning that off into additional um passages of that of that of that recording so it ended up becoming a whole side of the record uh, which I kind of, what's I kind of my original plan before I, I started anything, I, I kind of visualized what the album would look like or, or sound like, I guess, or how it would be structured. And I always imagined like the f- side A, quote unquote side A would be the primarily vocal songs and then side mm-hmm. B would be primarily instrumental. And that's kind of what I stuck with more or less. And uh, how long have you been working on it? Um. I think that remix project I was doing in 2016, mm-hmm. and that's probably where I started piecing things together. So, because when it started, as I said earlier, like I wasn't thinking like, "Oh, this is my next album now." I just was like yeah. making, putting compositions or ideas down and thinking about how things might work if if that were to happen. And then it just sort of kind of gained a life of its own and uh, eventually became that a, a new album. And it has this, um, it has this sort of reverse score effect. The idea that you made a piece of music and then someone made a visual piece around it. It's kind of like you made a record for a movie maker to score. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do, do you have that? Did you do you have that feeling at all? Or I I, I think for whatever reason the music I produce always has a sort of cinematic quality to it. Most people tell me like that they, it always sounds like an imaginary soundtrack or something. So um, I think of music very visually. So maybe that's where it comes from. Like I, I get pictures in my head and I kind of oftentimes will arrange things based on those visuals that I'm getting. I see a lot of like imaginary film stills and, you know, situations and environments and things. So I kind of work that way. Right. As I said, there's a few different vocalists on here. I'd like to talk about them. But first, I'd like to play Corpus, which features uh, Bill Callahan. Does that sound cool? Yeah, that'd be great. All right, here we go. Hey, Mac, can you bring that boat back? Hey, Mac. 
And I feel like that epitomizes the entire record because it has the space and I think the ambience and, of course, the representation of vocals and lyrics um, and all the instruments. There's so many instruments on this, but there's still so much cohesion to this record. And I equate it to you might be sampling stuff and bringing it back, or even I imagine maybe you sample the room and then bring the room sample into a track. But Mm -hmm. it seems to me like you're doing like wide layering and there's a little bit of multi-genre in there. But to me, it just feels like you've almost created its own genre because it's so cohesive. Did you have that in mind to, to make things sonically cohesive in this process? I don't think it was really on my mind. I, I, I think I'm very much uh, a slave to my own boundaries. <laughs> like I, mm-hmm. I, I do a very particular thing, so specifically with old fire as well. Like I, it's. I don't think I. I don't ever say, well, this is how I'm going to put this together, and it's gonna. I'm going to keep it in in this sort of realm or whatever. Like mm-hmm. it, it's just what comes out of me with this this project. Um, I think I have very specific um, inspirations and ideas and concepts behind it. And uh, this is just what comes together in the end. Um, I I have, yeah, I produce or layer and uh, affect things in a certain way where it just always sounds like, like how it does. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's pretty effortless and not the process isn't effortless, but the getting it, to, to gel together, generally speaking, is is kind of takes care of itself because it all it starts with me because I, I always start each track with some semblance of an idea, whether it's just some looped samples or you know something somebody's improvised or um, something I programmed or or and then it, I send it off to other people, they send it back to me and I, I do my thing again. then it always ends with me you know, finishing it off and doing what I do. So it kind of always stays in that place, you know, throughout the whole process, more or less. So it sounds like you did this remotely or entirely remotely? Pretty much, yeah. Um, very, very, very little of it was done in person. We, we, I know we recorded Bill Callahan. Uh, the, the first song we did together when I was in my prime, we did that in Austin, the, his vocals in Austin mm-hmm. uh, at his house. Like he has a little um, studio in the back of his house. And, and then we recorded some vocal, the vocals for the song, Don't You Go, um, the John Martin cover. We recorded those vocals at a studio in Austin. It's called Space Flight. But uh, beyond that, I think pretty much everything was recorded remotely. Yeah. More and or less. Would that have been your preference re- regardless of a, uh whether we can spend time together or it's too expensive or, you know, all the, the barriers to recording in a big room together over the course of a week or a month. I think, I think if I had my way, I would, I would have recorded a little bit more with the people. Like I, I, I'm interested, I would have been interested to see how things would have been if we had been together. Yeah. I, I myself don't do what I do very well in front of other people. Cause what I do is I usually end up just sitting in front of my laptop or my sampler or whatever, and spending hours playing around and experimenting, which nobody wants to be a part of oh, other man, than me. I'd love to watch that for hours. I think it'd be pretty should boring. should make a movie of it <laughs> <laughs> with, with no audio. No audio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, I would have liked to have been there, like to, to communicate with the, 
the collaborator in question a little bit more and, you know, see what other ideas came up while we were there. But I think at least half of the album, I would still want to, to record just in my own space just because of, I know how I work and, and how sometimes it takes me a long time to arrive at what, whatever it turns out to be in the end. Sure. Yeah, uh, it's funny you bring that up. I was yesterday. I was recording <clears throat> some drums remotely for my friend here in Seattle, but I w- I kept getting caught up on this thing, and our communication was over text. And then I got on the phone. I was like, I got to clear this up. And he's like, trying to give me direction over it. And I was just like, What the fuck? Can you come down here? And he's like, Oh yeah, I can come down tonight. <laughs> and, then, and then it was done in five minutes. I'm not, I'm not saying that's the answer, but sometimes it's it was just the answer. You know, it was the oh, answer. Man. There's I, sometimes it's painful when I look back on how we arrived at a certain recording. Yeah, and I think, man, if we had been together, it would have just been like that. Yeah, because I'd say because you know, like for for instance, um, my my friend Christian Madden played um, Rhodes and a few other elements on the song Dreamless that Adam Torres sang on. And I remember like trying to communicate to him, you know, what I was hearing in my head or, or, you know, what kind of worked and what I thought didn't work. And we must've had like eight or nine going back and forth. Like he, I'd send him an email. He'd send, you know, maybe a day or two later, he'd yeah. send me back a part. Then I'd have to send him the thing back. And it would always be a couple of days each time. It's like, if we were together, we would have had this done in five minutes, you know? I know. It's really so, funny. It's got its drawbacks. I bet someone will famously say that email does not belong in the process of recording or something because I just recently did the same thing where I was like, so on the fourth verse was my email with a question mark. And then they said, no, it was on the ace. And then it's like, (laughs) I was driving and I couldn't, it's like, what the fuck? It's just, it's comical really. Um, so you did work with a lot of people. Um, did you choose the vocalist for for texture or lyrical purposes or both? Uh, probably a bit of both. Um, it's yeah, that's like everything else with this project. It, it was kind of random. Um, so when I the first vocal song I had ideas for for this this album was when I was in my prime, which is what Bill ended up singing. Mm-hmm. But when I first imagined that song at the very beginning of that process, I had imagined a woman singing it. Um, maybe partly because I, the, I got the idea from it because I heard Nina Simone's version of it. Um, and I really loved it a lot. So I was like, okay, I'm going to find a, a woman to sing this song. And I, I reached out to a few people over email and got a couple of responses. Uh, and it was, you know, there were each one, it was different. Like, you know, it's just timing is always an issue and like getting, finding someone who, who will first like, will respond to me at all, you know, yeah. like just this random email out of the ether, you know, sometimes I don't, I don't actually ever expect to get a response. So I just assume I'm not going to respond. So when I do, it's very exciting. So, um, it, that wasn't working out. And then I kind of put it back on the shelf for a while and then I went back to the song and started kind of retooling my original ideas for it. And for whatever reason, I started getting in my head that it'd be really good to hear a guy sing it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want like a fresh-faced, young, indie, upstart mm-hmm. musician. Like I was thinking like I wanted somebody kind of grizzled. And I wanted somebody who was maybe preferably from Texas. Like I was trying to imbue it with this spirit of this this 
Texas noir sort of theme where it's a little dark and, you know, there's something, you know, kind of telling a story. Um, and there was not many people I could think of that I thought could do that the way I was hearing it. And I, I just, by chance, thought to ask my buddy Thor, who plays on the album, I just sent him a text and I was like, man, I, you know, I've got this song and it's got such a specific voice that I want for it. Do you know anybody, you know, like a guy who's a little older, maybe in Texas, uh, who could do this? And he's like, uh, yeah, Bill, Bill Callahan would be perfect <laughs> for that. And I was like, wow, why didn't I think of that? That, that w- he would be perfect for it. And then I sent him some ideas. And, and then, like I said earlier, we, we ended up recording the vocals at his place and, um, it was just him and an acoustic guitar. So basically all those ideas I've been working on, we, we just kind of left to the side, which is kind of how, at that point, it's kind of what I wanted. I, I, I thought it needed a fresh start since it had this new voice and this yeah. you know, new presence on it. Um, but then we scrapped that, you know, we kept the vocal, but we, we didn't use the guitar. And then, like I said, we, we worked with, I worked with Thor um, coming up with some new ideas. And then the other musicians, most of them are in England, so, um, yeah, Thor and Bill were the only two Texan elements on it. And you mentioned earlier there was maybe some specific inspiration behind behind this. What was that? There seemed to be uh, a definite pattern forming in the songs um, as I was going along because uh, I, I, it had kind of been a rocky time for me. Um, I had broken up with this guy I was dating for a while, so I was feeling you know, the effects of that. And then, uh, over the next couple of years, my, both my parents died. Um, and I went through a period of depression. Um, and then I, the pandemic started and I was living alone in, in the house that I'm at now. So I was, um, sort of in this space on my own working, you know, working on this music and it just, all that was filtering through me for sure. And that, definitely informed the songs like the covers that we did and it informed like all the ideas that I had, you know, in folders on my computer, like which ones I chose to work on or, or how I approached those, like all these feelings and all these experiences were, were sort of kind of guiding me and, and I I was expressing something that I was feeling through those songs. So, um, yeah, it was, it, yeah, it was definitely all telling a very, you know, the same story. Um, yeah. And that's kind of how I arrived at the the title, Voids, because uh, I was definitely living in a void for a really long time during that process. Well, two things. Um, I'm glad and I hope you made it out of that darkness. Thanks. P- personally, spiritually. And uh, secondly, we got a great record. Out of it. <laughs> yeah. for your suffering I hope so. and I'm I, sorry yeah. but um, um, do you have any plans to present this music live in any form I would love to say yes but I, I don't think it's ever going to be a live experience um, we, we toyed around with the idea a couple of different ways we talked about at least maybe doing a show in Austin maybe since Bill and Thor are in Austin but uh, I think realistically, like, it's just, yeah, there's too many variables and it's, it felt like it was just uh, insurmountable to, to try and pull that together. But on the next, whenever I start recordings for the next Old Fire album, I kind of uh, am envisioning 
working with some of the guys that I collaborated with on on this this on voids. I imagine working with them closer to where it's more of a band situation in an ideal world, hopefully. So if that happens, then that that may pave the way towards being able right. to play some shows live. But I think as of now, nothing nothing planned. Well, you're a visual artist as well. Why don't you make a giant animation? No band necessary. You just need a theater. That's my idea. I'm not trying yeah. to produce your life. <laughs> no, I, I just want to hear it on some big speakers. Yeah, I would love that, actually. So, uh, yeah, I'll give that some thought. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for the record. It's really wonderful. And congratulations. And Thank um, you. on to the next one. And hopefully we'll see some version of it live someday. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hopefully. All right. Well, take care of yourself and thanks for your time. Of course. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Bye. Bye-bye.